Good afternoon. Welcome in to the weekend recap presented by True Sun Exteriors and Interiors after a really quiet weekend. Honestly, not that much happened around Mizzou, but look, we are here every Monday and we always manage to make it last 30 minutes and we will do so again today. We do have a few things to talk about. We'll do that momentarily with uh, Mitchell Forty. will join me in just a minute, but do want to remind you guys all year long and at least for uh, one or two more weeks, uh, this show is being brought to you by True Sun Exteriors and Interiors. They have been voted the best home remodeling company in Columbia by Inside Columbia Magazine. I would vote for them as the best uh, home remodeling company anywhere around Colombia, but I will admit to not having done a lot of research about those companies in Mexico, Boonville, uh, New Franklin, or similar places. But True Sun Exteriors and Interiors is your place to go if you need anything done on your house. This is really the time to, to start booking for the spring because they do get backed up and they have a lot of people uh, that want to use their services and demand their time. So you got to give them a little lead time. Uh, get that done now. You can give them a call at 573-442-7292 and get on the books for whatever your home improvement project may be. We're going to add Mitchell Forty to the conversation now. And uh, Mitch, let's just start here. On a scale of 1 to 10, Missouri and Missouri fans should be how angry about the fact they're playing Army in the Armed Forces Bowl. Um, I would say like a three, we'll say three, maybe three and a half. If you added, they can be angry about also the fact that it's at the same time as bragging rights. Although the, I know that will just spawn a lot of jokes about, wait, what? we have a basketball team. Why would anyone watch that? So I, I think that's probably the, the thing that, uh, this, the university would be a little bit more upset about. Um, you know, like it's, it's a little bit of a bummer and, you know, I know you've mentioned this, like, Yes, Missouri's six and six, so it doesn't have a lot of room to complain. But it did, you know, if you were to rank the SEC teams in order of standings, it would have finished ahead of South Carolina and Florida because it beat them head to head. So it kind of would have been nice to have that tiebreaker and go to the Bulls with SEC ties. At the same time, and and that also comes with playing better opponents. At the same time, you know, you're a six and six team that kind of squeaked into bowl eligibility and had, you know, averaged like forty four thousand people per home game. Like these are the things that's going to happen. Um, you know, at least it's not like the Christmas Day Bowl game or the one in Detroit. I feel like I feel like it also could have been worse. Yeah, a couple of bullets dodged when Brett McMurphy tweeted out those matchups yesterday. That yeah. thank goodness we weren't messing with that. And look, I'm with you. I mean, for the people who say, "Hey, it's another game, and I get to see my team play and and want to make a, a thing of it being against Army, which is you know a historic program and obviously a kind of a, a, a different deal than most D1 football programs, that's great. This game doesn't do much for me. Um, anytime there's a bowl game, my hope is like, hey, let's get an interesting team, a, a, a fun opponent that you wouldn't normally see on the schedule. And you wouldn't normally see Army on the schedule, although you will if you wait around until 2029. But... <laughs> I don't know. There's just no real upside to it for me. I mean, Army's, it's almost the worst case scenario because Army is a team, they're favored. They can beat Missouri easily. They've shown they can can beat Power 5 teams, but by beating Army, you just don't get much out of it. Um, yeah. You know, you finish 7-6, and six and that counts for something and all that, but I, I just don't. Um, it just doesn't really get my juices flowing. I am excited, though, that if a game is going to start at 7 o'clock, that it's against the team that's going to throw like two forward passes all game. And so 
Like, there's actually a legitimate chance this game could end by 10 o'clock. It could be under a three-hour football game, and that never happens. It could, but yeah, I, I also swear that college football games are contractually obligated to go four hours because we always see it's like every game that starts off at a great pace. I'm like, oh, yes, this game's going so fast. And then some weird thing will happen that'll take like 20 minutes or like a rash of injuries or something like that. So I wouldn't get your hopes up. But yeah. I did look today. Army is averaging, I think, eight forward passes a game. So, uh, yeah, and the way Missouri's been playing, it might not pass the ball a ton either. So it, it could be a, a lot of running, could be a fairly quick game. I do kind of wonder if... Um, you know, the spread, like, I, you know, the, like the, the computers or whoever figures these things out, uh, you know, obviously looked probably it factored in, you know, Army is second in the country in rushing and Missouri is still somewhere in the 120s in rush defense. But Missouri's run defense has been a lot better. Granted, it hasn't seen anything like the triple option, but like certainly I, I give Mizzou, a, a, you know, about a 50 percent chance to win, if not a little bit more. I don't think it's like some daunting task, but as you mentioned that also doesn't do a lot for you in terms of, you know, credibility and momentum going into the offseason. It does do a lot for Eli Drinkwitz, though, who uh, can't be too upset about playing a non-Power 5 team when he has the ability to get a one-year contract extension just by winning the game. Yeah, I always uh, I always bring the give-a-damn factor into bowl games, and I just don't see how this game gets Missouri players excited. You know, I mean, yes, it's a game, and I understand the angry people out there who are going to say, well, every game they should care. Yes, they should care. I, I get it. But I watched Missouri play Navy, and those players didn't care. They they weren't up for it. Um, look, I watched Missouri play SEMO this year, and I don't really think they were up for that one. You know, Army yeah. is not SEMO, but you get the point. There's just – the players are human beings too, and whatever. The the game is what it is, and, and we'll cover it. Um, it, it did – kind of make me think back to uh two years ago when Missouri was looking for a coach and Jeff Munkin's name came up and like every and, and this was not exclusive to me other people were told the same thing when they asked around but I don't get it why is is Jeff Munkin like why is he a candidate here he's a triple option coach and always has been and we were consistently told well he wouldn't run the triple option here well Okay, like, do you bring Roger Clemens in and tell him not to throw fastballs? Like, I right. don't get it. What are we thinking here? And Jeff Munkin's name has popped up for a ton of jobs, and it he hasn't taken one. I actually thought it would have made sense for, like, KU, because a team that has to do something different because you, you're not just lining up and beating people unless they're Texas. But, I, I mean, I don't know. That one was so weird to me and didn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, like I assume Army will be pretty motivated, but I also they also probably care more about their game that they still have to play this week. So, um, you know, I guess technically less prep time. I mean, like you know, I don't think I, I don't think Missouri's going to be super jacked up. I, I also I wouldn't be surprised if they you know they care enough. I mean, like most of this roster hasn't played in a bowl game before, so you have that. Like you know, the, at the time of the Navy game, the the Mizzou was perennially going to better bowl games than this. It's been a few years since they've been to a bowl game, so there's a little bit of a motivating factor there. As I mentioned, Drinkwitz should have plenty of reason to have his team as motivated as he can because he's got a financial incentive to do so but yeah i mean ultimately it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me also if uh if there's just you know not a ton of of passion going into this one but we'll see yeah and hey seven and six is better than six and seven and winning is better than not winning and missouri's already going to have at least one loss on that night in all likelihood so it would be good for the fans and for the team if missouri wins that game and all that brett wants to know if Mizzou can provide tickets for Dallas area recruits for the bowl game. They can't because it's not a home game. Um, I mean, 
I'm guessing there will be tickets available should Dallas area recruits want to buy them. I've always thought that the idea that, hey, we play a bowl game in an area we recruit. It, I mean, are recruits watching the Armed Forces Bowl? Are they going, hey, tickets are 30 bucks. I'm, I'm going to go hang out and watch Mizzou Army. I, I really don't think so. I think it's an incredibly yeah. overrated part of a bowl game. I kind of do too. I mean, like, yes, you're around for a few days leading up to the game. And so maybe you could say like, oh, we're visible in the area and guys will like see Mizzou and be like, but like, also there's a lot of bowl games in the Dallas area. And I don't know that the armed forces bowl really ranks that high in terms of cachet. So yeah, it, it, I don't think it, it really does a ton uh, on that front. There are a lot of Mizzou alums in the area who I guess maybe will, I don't know, want to watch the team play in person, but also again, it's the armed forces bowl. It's not like it's the cotton bowl. I, you know, We'll see. Yeah, there will be some people there. Uh, whatever. The game will happen. Uh, I'm going to go down for it while you're at bragging rights, and, and we'll cover it and all that. Um, I, I'm i interested. I have no idea if we're going to get to see any of practices or really even talk to anybody before Missouri is in this game. I mean, I'm not saying we won't. We just we haven't been told um, that that we will. So we'll see what happens, what, uh, what our access to the football team and what news might be like over the next two weeks. But it's, it's really mostly about recruiting, which we do the recruiting show tomorrow. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it here. Um, but I, we were texting a little bit. I mean, this weekend it was like, yeah, we'll sit around and wait for the bowl announcement. But other than that, like nothing happened. I actually watched a lot of college football and like, I, we'll get into a little bit more college football stuff, but we now live in a world, Mitch, where Billy Napier makes $7 million at Florida and Mario Cristobal makes $8 million after just getting his ass run up and down the field twice in three weeks by Utah. And by the way, he replaced a guy that, to my knowledge, hasn't actually technically been let go yet. So uh, yeah. this is college football now. It's insane. Yeah, there's, I mean, like, there's no, it kind of feels like there's no rules. There's no, there's certainly no, like, standard for pay. I mean, like, the pay scale has just gotten blown out of the water. You know, everyone who's up for an extension here in the next couple of years has to be salivating because, you know, I mean, at this point, if you're not making five, six million dollars a year, you're not trying. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um I don't know. It, it's it's fun. It's fun when you're watching from a distance, but it also, I mean, like it, it really does, you know, kind of make you shake your head sometimes. I mean, like hiring a coach while your current coach is still employed and some of the other stuff has been has been wild. And hiring a coach who Mario Cristobal is 62 and 61 in his career as a right. head coach like I, he took over. One of the two programs that should wake up in the Pac-12 title game every year, and they got there, but they got embarrassed in it again. I, I don't get it. But to tie it into Mizzou, seriously, is it out of the question? I, I mean, let's remember who Eli Drinkwitz's agent is here. For those of you who somehow don't know, it's Jimmy Sexton who controls every piece in college football. Is it out of the question that if if you're Jimmy Sexton, you're calling Missouri and going, hey? Yo, man, your guy's $4 million? What are you doing here? Do you even want this guy here? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I know he's 11 and 11 as a head coach, but look, a, a guy who who has never coached a game in the SEC just got paid 7.1, so we got to talk about getting my guy up to five. Is, is that out of the question this offseason? 
I mean, nothing's out of the question. Like I would before this offseason, I would have said yes. But like, I mean, as we've seen, there is no there is no like standard anymore. I mean, like all this stuff that's happened, I would have never expected, a, you know, coaches to leave Oklahoma and Notre Dame. I would never have expected some of the, the numbers we're seeing from a pay scale standpoint. I would have never expected to see a, a school hire a coach while it still has a coach like it's it's been crazy. I would be still surprised, though, uh, just because I mean, one. Drinkwitz was probably objectively overpaid to start. Um, like, I mean, given his lack of experience as a head coach and two, it, it, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you, uh, you don't want to necessarily waste your, or, or cause a put strain on a relationship when you don't have to, because there may be a time when you, you know, you're saying, you know, Hey, I deserve another year versus you, you could look elsewhere. Like at this point when you're 500 and you have a chance to get a raise right now by beating army, which is kind of hilarious. I mean, like that's not really the type of thing that you would think would get a raise in an extension. It, it would seem a little bit weird to me to, you know, push for more, but I, again, I'm not ruling anything out with Jimmy Stixon. Right. So it's probably not happening, but like <sighs> these shows every week are based on things that might or might not happen. So what the hell, let's <laughs> yeah. go down this rabbit hole. So if that call is made, like, what do you do if you're Desiree Reed Francois? How do you, how do you respond? I don't know. I mean, I, that, I'm glad that's not my job. I would probably say like, what, what is he going to leave? Like, where's he going to go? Because there's not really, I don't think any power five, other power five schools that are necessarily chomping at the bit. I mean, like maybe Duke would take him, but I don't think Eli Drinkwitz would want to leave for Duke. Even I mean, I don't think they would pay him $5 million and that's a very hard job. So I, I, I would probably call the bluff. And like I said, you could say like, well, you know, you, you, if you just beat army, you can get another, uh, another year added to the contract and a hundred thousand dollar raise and all that money is guaranteed. So um, that, that would probably be what I'd say, but I also, I would not want to play poker with Jimmy Sexton. Yeah. But, but my response, it, the call would take 10 seconds. It would just yeah. be, are you blanking kidding me? That's it. We're done. Um, yeah. call me next year, win some games, call me next year. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and again, it's not, it, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, the, the whole thing's stupid and broken, and sure, anything can happen, and good for them. Like, I don't hold it against the coaches. If if somebody would pay me that amount of money to coach football, I would learn how to coach football and go do it. But, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. So, um, given that most of the stuff uh, in college football really wasn't around Mizzou, like, what to you was, like, the biggest – Hey, this happened over the weekend. Uh, it, out of all the championships and the rankings and all that, what kind of jumped out to you is, uh, hey, this this is the one that caught my attention. Yeah, I mean, the only one that was a uh, uh, real surprise to me was what Alabama did to Georgia, and not just that Alabama won, but I mean, they just shredded that defense. And, you know, we thought that was, I mean, you know, virtually un invincible defense, one of the best we'd ever seen going into that game. And, and Alabama just destroyed them, particularly the secondary, although Alabama's offensive line, which had looked terrible the week before, did a really good job as well. So, um, I mean, I think it kind of continues to show that there is no one, you know, dominant or, or really, you know, in incredible team this year as we've seen the past couple years, um, because I think Alabama is still flawed as well, although I'm sure that, you know, they have to be kind of the title favorite at this point. But yeah, I mean, to go from where we were a week a week prior, where Alabama was just you know surviving against Auburn, and you change like one one any one of like three different plays, and they are eliminated from the playoff contention, probably 
um, by losing that game. Although if they went on to beat Georgia, maybe not. But um, to then, you know, have them now be the number one seed and the title favorite was uh, that was pretty eye opening. Yeah, the the best game of the weekend to me was was Oklahoma State literally missing the Big yeah. Twelve title by eight inches or something like that. But uh, the best story, I mean, it has to be that Cincinnati's in this thing. And yeah, like I want to be clear. I think the fact that Cincinnati's in it kind of. I don't think they're one of the four best teams in college football. I think if they played in the SEC, they would have a good nine and three or ten and two season. But hey, they only did what they could do, and and they got in. But the oddity of it is, Cincinnati's in the playoff this year because of what it did last year. Like if Cincinnati starts this season ranked twenty first, they're not in the playoff. They they have the exact same season. They're not in the playoff. So the whole thing just kind of shows. And, and also, like, I think there's an argument to be made that Georgia shouldn't really be in the playoff, not because they're not one of the four best teams. I still think, honestly, they're the best team. But, like, they had their game, and they lost it. Like, that should have been the first round of the playoff. And that's what I've always thought. Like, make the conference title games the first round of the playoff, and – then you've got something. But if Georgia beats Alabama in January, whatever, why is Georgia the national champ any more than Alabama is the national champ? Right. Yeah. The the rematch thing is weird. We've seen it obviously a few times here over the past uh, several years. So yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, like it, 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 I don't know. It just, it makes the conference championships actually mean something. I mean a little bit more if, if yeah, the winner is eliminated and the, or the loser is eliminated and the winner would maybe for sure get a berth in the playoff. If you're, especially if you're talking expansion where you could include the winners of all five power five leagues. So yeah, I don't know. I, I agree that the, the best game for sure was that Oklahoma state Baylor game. I mean, it was a mess, but it was fun. It was fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just realized I've been on mute this whole time, so hopefully anybody besides you heard me, but probably not. But anyway, um, I, I mean, with offensive and defensive coordinators, at least we've heard of some guys. With tight ends coaches, we don't know, man. He's going to hire somebody, and I, I will. St he can be here four years, and I can have no idea if he has done actually a good job or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know who the interim's going to be for the bowl game or who they promoted to go in his spot and recruit right now. Like I much less who they're going to hire to fill the spot. And Eli Drinkwood said yesterday, like that's really not even on his radar until after the bowl game. So unfortunately we do not have a tight end coach hot board for you all. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that somebody is on the road recruiting for him um, there. Cause you know, this has happened before where somebody uh, leaves or loses this spot and then, but somebody like they can have a they can make somebody a designated recruiter and is on the road. I have asked who that is and it, it gotten no response. So I have no idea who it is. I am sure they have a 10th person out recruiting this week. Um, but as far as a full time replacement, like that won't happen until minimum after the bowl game. And there's a chance it doesn't even happen till after, you know, the coaches convention, which follows the national title game and then the 
the the late signing period and and all those things. Um, let's see. Uh, Magic Man says, I hope that Mizzou tries to grab somebody off the staff of LSU or Notre Dame for the position, mainly for recruiting connections. Yeah, I mean, look, the bottom line is you get the best recruiter, right? I mean, that you can get. It's not not to denigrate coaching tight ends, but it's not like one guy has some magic tool and knows all these drills that suddenly make his tight ends better than than other people's tight ends it's about recruiting and and the most interesting part of it for me will be does whoever he hires then become the lead guy in Kansas City or does he shake around the responsibilities a little bit and put somebody else on staff in charge of Kansas City based on who he hires I yeah, I mean, I I would guess that Eli Drinkwitz doesn't even know the answer to that because it kind of depends on who he eventually hires. You know, if it's someone who has a connection to a specific area, maybe he's the, the lead recruiter there. Or maybe they stick him in Kansas City or whatever. I think, yeah, I just think it depends. But yeah, recruiting will be the the primary thing there. And he may, you know, he may promote someone else to recruiting coordinator, but, you know, obviously still hire a tight ends coach. So there's a few different ways it can shake out. And also, I mean, like, it's not out of the question that, you know, a, another Mizzou assistant leaves. I know that, you know, you, you post on the board this morning, there's chatter, not that this is like going to happen or anything like that about uh, cornerbacks coach Aaron Fletcher in Oklahoma. So, you know, who knows? I mean, there's, uh, there's still some more movement to play out on the, the lower rungs of the coaching carousel. No question it wouldn't be a surprise if if somebody leaves uh eric Wilper says lsu florida and usc made huge hires and ou made a meh hire um I, I mean here's the thing we've got no clue right the day oklahoma hired bob stoops how many people thought oh this is this is huge like he's going to the he's winning a national title in year two and he's going to become a college football hall of famer nobody uh oh the the most interesting part of ou to me is in 75 years, they've hired exactly one guy who had head coaching experience. It was Howard Schnellenberger. He was there one year. They fired him, and they won the national title the next year, or played for it, I think. Um, so we don't know, man. It's it's here. Here is how people generally assess coaching hires, I think, fans. Um, did my team hire him? Excellent hire. Did a different team hire him? trash clearly going to be bad and i'm not making fun of eric here uh like i don't know if brent venable brent venables could be great he could be awful i have zero idea but i just i know what we have to do is assess hires on the day they were made and on the surface of those four on the surface i would say usc made the best hire because yeah half of ou's recruiting class is already now USC's recruiting class and oh by the way the Pac-12 sucks like all he has to do is be average there and he's probably winning some Pac-12 titles and going to the playoffs so of those four I day one I think USC's higher is the best but if if we're talking in four years and Lincoln Riley's gotten fired and Brent Venables has made three playoffs it won't be a huge shock yeah, right. I mean, I've given up on trying to, yeah, you know, give give an impression or grade college coaching hires the day they're made because, I mean, like, I thought Scott Frost was a home run. I thought Dan Mullen was a great hire. You know, that there's, I'm sure I could think of others too. Tom Herman at Texas, I thought that was going to work great. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's hard to envision Lincoln Riley being a total flame out at Oklahoma just because he's so, you know, he's so well established and skill players want to play for him. I mean, we've seen that. He was able to get guys from LA to, Oklahoma to play for his offense so it shouldn't be that hard to keep them in the state of California to play for his offense and 
you know, as we've said many times, getting the players is, is the main, I think that's, you know, more than half the battle. If you do get good players, it's hard to, to really screw it up. So we will see. I don't know. I, uh, I, I definitely though, I'm not going to yeah go out and, and claim that, that any of these is, is a slam dunk or a sure thing. Uh, Jeffrey Goodson wants to know about Spencer Rattler and if that's a real possibility. I will say it is a possibility. Real possibility? I don't really know. Um, I'm, I have not even tried to contact Spencer Rattler because I don't think my chances are probably great. The kid doesn't really talk. Uh, I know Mike Farrell uh, tweeted out five schools that were on his list on Friday. I talked a little bit with Mike, and he said, look, the kid's list changes every day. It might be different tomorrow. I mean, who knows? Um So is it possible that Missouri could go after and get Spencer Rattler? Yes. Is it? I have no idea what the chances are. Um, It would be interesting to me um, as far as, you know, a quarterback transfer, and there's no need to have the same conversation again, but what they do at quarterback in the next two months and who sticks around and who doesn't, and oh, by the way, who plays the bowl game, I mean, there's a lot of questions to be answered at the most important position on the field, and it's going to have a lot to do with what this program is in the next three or four years. Yeah, yeah, we for sure we've been saying that. I mean, that is that is the question that's going to dominate the offseason and definitely the, the next few weeks before the bowl game. Uh, do, you, do you know, I, I assume Rattler's not like locked into trying to, you know, commit somewhere before the early signing period, right? I Not to my knowledge. I really have yeah. no idea. I mean, the truth is he could go pro if he wanted to now. Right. I'm not sure that he's, you know, his draft stock is very high after this season, to be quite honest, but he could. Um, I wouldn't think he's necessarily in any big hurry, um, but literally the extent of what I know about his recruitment has been said in the last minute and a half, and probably I actually said more than I even know. I probably just made <laughs> some crap up in there somewhere. But, um, yeah, yeah. so it, it'll be interesting to see, and the, the transfers are, are going to be uh, – numerous both both in and out over the next few weeks um we're coming up on half an hour which is generally about how long we go so um we want to dedicate our you know regularly regular weekly two or three minutes to missouri basketball um it's december 6th uh i don't know the exact date the season ended but fans interest is dead um so that feels like about the right amount of time mitch the net rankings came out um Missouri's better than like a couple teams, not teams you've heard of, but they are better than some teams. Yeah, they are number 278 out of, I think it's 358 uh, division one teams. Um, They are just behind, I believe North Carolina, A&T and Quinnipiac. Uh, They're the lowest uh, power five team. They are ahead of South Florida, who I guess you could say is, is kind of high major E in the uh, Atlanta or the, the American, but it's, it's not great. Yeah, um, two seventy eight. I mean, that's. I looked at uh for for what I wrote this morning. I looked at Ken Palm because, by the way, um, Missouri's they're like one forty four there. I think Northern Illinois, who comes in uh, on Tuesday night or Eastern Illinois, I'm sorry, is three forty seven. Yeah, three forty seven on Ken Palm out of three fifty eight. So they're very poor. Missouri is projected to win that game by eighteen points. I don't know if you read this, what I wrote this morning, Mitch, but do you know the next game that Ken Pomeroy has Missouri projected to win? I do, because I, I looked at this after the uh, the Liberty loss. It's Georgia. It's the very last game. 
So, so in between, on like a, what is it like a twenty game losing streak? Twenty one. Like he that, projects yeah. them to lose twenty one consecutive games. And now, like, look, that's not going to. Okay, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. Yeah, but I would be stunned if Missouri managed to lose twenty one straight college basketball games. Um, God, that would be. I just need a minute to wrap my head around what the hell we would do if that happened. I, I that don't know, would be man. Not fun. Like, like we would just be able to quit going, right? We, yeah, we could I mean, just I, say we're I not would, going. I would quit going. I assume, like, I'm only asking your permission. So, <laughs> so we assume Missouri will win at least one of those 21 games. Um, but it's bad, and it's I don't know. It's just gonna. It's going to keep going, unfortunately yeah. for for quite some time and uh the only question anybody wants answered is not going to be answered for quite a while and really not even asked for quite a while so uh i don't know but we get to uh i know a lot of fans aren't looking forward to this but have you ever been to allen Fieldhouse? i'm not no i'm excited for that for sure it's uh muku and allen Fieldhouse is a good experience um or at least a memorable experience I have a feeling all the KU fans that don't care about this game and don't want to play that stupid team that left the conference are going to be very excited about it for a couple of hours. And uh, they will play the Grandpa Simpson video on the Jumbotron, and it will be incredible, and then the game will start, and it will be significantly worse. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited. I think it'll be a bloodbath, but it'll be cool to see a game in, in that atmosphere and especially a, you know, a rivalry game that I think will have some juice. And so um, that's where we're at. I don't know anything. Uh, anything else? If if you want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater and and his performance last night, we can. But I'll pass. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad you got to see uh, the like the sixth most boring game the Chiefs have played this year because they're all boring now. They're not even fun to watch. So, yeah, that one was. I mean, that was pretty boring. It was. It was ten nothing before the Broncos got a first down, and then they never really did anything to make you think they were going to win. But they also held the ball the entire game, so Patrick Mahomes didn't do anything cool. It was just like generally kind of a, a bummer. Yeah, I like their running back though, Javante Williams. He's a good player, man. Yeah, he is. He, is. I, he needs to get the ball more. I actually Not like last a, night, but like in general, I actually like a lot of their players. It just so happens that none of them play quarterback. So you know. yeah. All right. Yeah. Just like oh. Aaron Rodgers coming in free agency, hiring Kellen Moore as head coach, are going to turn it all around. Well, that will that will make me sad, but um, we'll ha we'll have some off season chatter that way. So appreciate you guys watching. Um, we're going to let Mitch go. Mitch, I know you're you're probably planning to go over and uh, meet the Eastern Illinois basketball team for some for some tacos in Forestdale tomorrow night before tip off. So absolutely, yeah, Ruiz Castillo, I'll be there. <laughs> all right, have a good one, man. We'll talk later. Sounds good. Mitchell Forty hanging out with us for a little while. And, like, look, guys, just being very honest, like we told you, not a lot happened this weekend. It was kind of a – I mean, Missouri got a bowl bid, but other than that, it was really the last kind of slow, quiet weekend. Missouri had a couple visitors in. We've, we've talked about that on our message board, and we'll continue to follow up with them. But um, appreciate you guys hanging out with us, spending a little bit of time on this Monday afternoon. We will do this show – um, twice more, I think we'll, we'll do it next week. And then, um, the following Monday will actually be, I guess the day before bragging rights and, and the, uh, armed forces bowl. And we will be at both of those in person. So we got two more weeks of this here for you leading up to, uh, Christmas and all that want to thank you for hanging out with us and want to thank true sun exteriors and interiors for being a part of it. 
and making it possible again. Uh, they, they need time. They need some warning that you need something done. Don't call True Sun Exteriors and say, yo, I need you to come build a, a screen and porch on my house, and I want it done in two weeks. It's not going to happen. They've got a lot of people that use them because they do really quality work, great customer service, all that. Barry and the guys will get you on the books as soon as they can. But if you have plans, if you want to get something done, honestly, if you want something done on your house for next summer, if you do want that screen and porch, if your roof needs replaced, whatever you've got going on, that you need done at your house. If you want it done, you know, in time for springtime and when the weather gets nice again and you can enjoy it, then give those guys a call at True Sun Exteriors at 573-442-7292. Great guys, big Missouri fans. They're going to take care of you. You can probably chat a little bit about, um, you know, bragging rights or the KU game or whatever you want to. Uh, they, they certainly do keep up with Mizzou sports and that's why they're partners of ours. So appreciate them doing that. Once again, the number is five, seven, three, four, four, two, seven, two, nine, two. Give true son a ring. They can take care of all your home improvement needs. Appreciate them. Appreciate you guys. And, uh, tomorrow I'm going to have Clint Cosgrove rivals.com Midwest analyst on our recruiting show. We're going to record that uh, a little before 11 AM tomorrow. So, Hope you'll uh, be able to join us live. If not, we'll podcast it. Uh, Before you leave here, hit the like button on the show, the subscribe button on the channel. And if you're listening on the podcast, leave us a nice review. We'll talk to you next time.